Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Well, that was quick. You didn't have to stop that fast. No. I'm teasing. How many of y'all really want to get into the Word of the Lord this morning? Y'all don't want to do it? It's one of my favorite things to do, and, and uh, studying and reading for myself brings forth what God, I feel like, that what God wants for His people whenever I have the opportunity to share with you guys or our church there in Owensboro on Sundays. And, and uh, this morning, my title is this. It's simply, What's Holding You Back? And um, there, I promise you there's something going on in your life today that may need to be put aside. I, I believe that there's a double handful of people here this morning in this service that, that you really need this word this morning. And you've been wondering why. Why is it that I seemingly, seemingly am still sitting and I feel like that the, the presence and the power of God, the promises in my life, I feel like there's something that I should be doing. My purpose has not yet come. And why is it that I'm seemingly sitting here this morning? You know, one of the toughest times in my life as a parent, as a father, was whenever my boys graduated out of high school. And whenever they graduated out of high school, there was an identity crisis in the house. And um, there was a loss of identity because up until that time, uh, there were sports, there were family, there were friends, there were there significant friends that they may have had and and different things and and so there was an identity crisis going from school into adulthood whether that would be getting a job or whether that means moving on to a university college whatever that might have looked like but there was an identity crisis in the house and one of the things that I've always tried to get the boys to understand and is this is that you've got to get in the game You've just got to get in the game, the game of life. If you want your purpose, you've got to somehow get in the game. You, you know, the, you can't score in a ball game unless you're in the game. You, you, if you're sitting on the bench, there's no, there's no scoring. There, you're just there. You're an observer. And, and sometimes I feel like that we go through life just observing others. And if we do that long enough, we will get this attitude that, well, I'm just getting overlooked and, and it's, you know, what's up? How come I'm not getting the same opportunities? And, and if we don't watch ourselves, that attitude turns into a, to a, 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 an isolation because we, we get into that mindset that, well, I'm just going to, I've heard it so many times, guys, by now, uh, you know, I'm going to get alone with God and I'm going to figure this out. And I, I have, uh, I've had people take sabbaticals from church and really. I've had uh, people say things that, well, I've just got to get alone and I'm going to get with God. And what I often find is simply this, is that it's not so much of consecration as it is isolation. And isolation is never good for anyone because whenever you cut off the outside source of friends and family and people speaking into your life, I don't care how old you are or how young you are in the room this morning, you need a pastor in your life. And 
One of the things that I often say to people when I approach them, if I'm going to invite them to church or through the, vo- uh, for the course of conversation, is say something like, you know, you, every good man needs a pastor. Every good man needs a pastor. And so in that course of conversation, I find where people's heart is. I find out really where they are in their spiritual life. I'll never forget years ago, um, as Lyle was growing up, I, I didn't share this in the nine. You guys get to hear the better, the better message. And uh, since he's your pastor, I, I, I want to share just a minute with you here with this little story that I thought of as I was putting this message together for this, this morning. And um, I, I, I'm not big in physical body, but there's something on the inside of me that just wants to ripple, rip the head off the devil and dance in his blood, as one man said. And if, if I was big, you guys would be in trouble, you know, because in there is this little lion that wants to come out. And, uh, and so I, I say that in jest and smiling this morning, but I used to say things to Lyle like, you know, why don't you just get in there? And, you know, he was playing ball and I'd say, why don't you just rip his head off? Yada, yada, yada. Just trying to pump him up, you know. And he looked at me one day in the passenger seat and he said, Dad, I'm not a sadistic killer. <laughs> and I said something like, son, you have missed the point. I'm not <laughs> literally saying for you to rip the person's head off. I, I'm saying it's an attitude of aggressive point that I'm coming after you regardless of your physical status, regardless of your IQ, regardless of who you are, what you claim to be. I'm coming after what I know that I want. And in that attitude, if we don't watch ourselves, we become this very aggressive person. But I I do believe that there is a bit of that that we all must have to some degree. Is anybody in the room? Because if we don't go after what we want, then we're going to be this this constant bystander that is sitting on the sidelines watching life go by. And my message this morning is what's holding you back? I find my scripture today in Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And you may think, well, why would you read out of the love chapter of the New Testament about what's holding you back? But Paul, if you'll notice, and, and just, for, just to get you in the mindset, in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, beginning with verse number 1, let's just read a couple of few verses here just to get our mind on, on what Paul's trying to relay here. He says, though I speak with the tongues of, of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a, a clanging cymbal. Paul is saying, guys, it, without love, you're just, you're just clanging. You're just a noise. In verse number two, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding of all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Verse three, and though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, I'm I'm doing good, God, I'm doing good, I'm doing good, God, I'm doing good. So that doesn't that... You, we should do good, but does that, is that what God is looking for, is some type of a discipline? Yes and no, but notice he says, And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and as though I give my body to be burned, sacrifice, 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 but have not love, I, it profits me nothing. If I don't have love, it profits me nothing. 
So I wonder why in verse number 11, and this is where my head's at this morning, why is it that Paul interjects in verse number 11 three little things? They look so little, but I believe they are massive. I believe they are huge in our lives. And then Paul interjects in verse number 11, when I was a child. I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. Now, remember what he was talking about, you got to have love, got to have love, got to have love. So, I can't truly love well if I'm trying to do so as a child, because child is, a child is always needing love and very incapable maturity-wise to give love. And then so he goes on to say in verse number 11, but when I became a man. Now, Paul, being a man, uses man. The gender is not the point. He says, I became a man and I put away childish things. So I believe that there is something here that we need to take advantage of and take a real hard look at this morning. Because as you extract out of verse number 11, these three things, Paul said, I spoke. Everybody say, I speak as a child. And then he said, I understood. Say, I understood as a child. And say, I thought. I thought as a child. And the acronym that I'd like to use is S-U-T. I spoke, understood, and thought. So there, I'm going to use this as systems under test. Systems under test. And I really didn't get into it in the nine so much. And I hope I don't run out of time here, but I'm going to do my best. But systems under test. Every person in here has a system. Every person in here has a way you speak. You have a way you understand. You have a way that you think. This is your system. This is your paradigm, as Stephen Covey would say. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you've never read it, you need to read it. It's an amazing book. You need to become a leader, and you need to deal with how you're thinking. He said, so therefore, my systems are under test. And that's what Paul's trying to say to us. How is it that you're speaking? How are you understanding? And what are you thinking about? You must test yourself. There comes a time in all of our lives that when things aren't quite going the way I think maybe they should, maybe instead of blaming someone else, maybe I should look internally and say, what is going on on the inside of me that is causing me all, seemingly all of the time to be overlooked or, or not to get what I want, knowing my purpose, knowing my dream that God's given me? So what is it, God? Is it, what is going on on the inside? Say, I'm in a test. Say that I'm in a test. Because that test is, how are you speaking? What are you saying? What are you saying behind closed doors? Well, it's just me and my spouse. Well, it's just me and this. No one knows. No, but you're speaking something in the air, which if I may go real King James with you, you are, you're speaking a prophetic word into your future. And so if I am murmuring, backbiting, and I don't always understand why this speak, 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 talk, 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 chatter, 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 I'm always saying something that may be thwarting my promises. And when I look at that, I begin to think how I speak begins to be how I understand. I, I speak because I'm understanding. I've got, a, I've got an understanding. And whenever I'm understanding, I'm starting to think. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. And Paul's saying, if you're really going to do life well, you've got to get over some of these childish things. It's not the way 
that we look on the outside being the reason maybe sometimes that the promises are not fulfilling. I, I, I mean, you know, just like myself, I like to look nice. You know, I went Friday, got my hair cut for you guys, so I would look good, yeah. I, uh, I put on my white shoes today, you know. Uh, got on my I'm a Jean and Willie blue jeans. And uh, I don't know what this jacket's something, I don't know what it is. But nonetheless, it's not this. There's something on the inside, but, you know, it, it's, your eyes, you got them all made up, but can you see? Can you see really what's going on? Can you view into yourself, into your heart? And uh, it's not the outside, guys, it's the inside. It's not about looks, but now, to be real frank with you, I like prettiness, I like pretty things. Now, I think I've got a couple of wonderful, pretty daughter-in-law sitting here this morning on the front rows. Very proud of, of Lyle and Spencer, and they've, they've, they've done good, you know. And, and uh, when Thanksgiving comes, I'm glad they come over. They're pretty people, you know. And um, so pretty's, pretty's good. My wife is pretty. My wife is pretty. Oh, I could go on there. Why did I even think about that? Oh, I can tell you guys, whenever we went to that, my first date, my first date when I got my driver's license was with my wife. I was a junior in high school, and she was in my English class, and she was, in a, she was a senior in high school, and I looked across the room. Yeah, she's older than I am. She robbed the cradle, and, and so I looked across the English room, and I told my, which became my best man in our wedding, and I hit him on, a, on the shoulder, and I said, I'm going to ask her out after class. And, and I did, and she said yes, and, and on it goes from there. So my first date when I started driving was with my wife. And um, she's a really good woman. She puts up with me. And there's a lot of stuff over some 35-plus years that we've went through and endured together. She's never left the house in a huff, in a mean streak. She probably wanted to. I know I have wanted to at times, but I didn't. Because something on the inside of me said, this is childish. I, I, I can't follow through with what I'm thinking. I, 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 what I've understood to be true about her, I, I can't follow through with that. Because that's not true, that's a lie. I want to ask you guys a simple question. Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy where you are in life? Are you happy with where you are in Christ? Are you happy? Are you happy in your situation with relationships? Are you happy? Because I can promise you, prettiness is only skin deep. And after a few years, when the honeymoon stage wears off, I don't care how good looking you are. If you got some junk, I'm living with your junk and not so much your prettiness. And every morning, if you have to wake up with somebody's junk, after a while, that gets old. And my second and my next question is this. I'm just full of questions today. Are you loyal to dysfunction? 
over the last couple of years, and you guys have been through it as well, you know, we got fear that's entered into the hearts of many, many Christians. And I'll tell you what it's done for many. It has pulled out a lot of wonderful dysfunctions. I say wonderful, trying to be kind. It's pulled out a lot of wonderful dysfunctions out of our attitudes and out of our personalities and out of some of our childhood thoughts and things. And it's pulled some of this stuff to the surface. But another question for you, how, how long will you allow those dysfunctional systems to keep you from becoming what God has called you to become? Because you feel like that you're sitting on the back row, and not talking about you literally this morning, but you feel like that you're overlooked, but it's a system that you've become loyal to that's dysfunctional, that God is not willing to put you in a leadership capacity because He knows you're fixing to stump your toe and hurt a lot of people in the process of doing so because you're so dysfunctional. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about that nine o'clock group that was here, but it's that dysfunctional process of dysfunctional thing that you go through and you're in and Paul said it like this, and you got to listen to me this morning. You got to own this. Paul said, it's a childish thing, but he said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. And he didn't say that I put away childish things and then became a man. He said, I became a man, and then I put away childish things. So I believe that the the stature, the physical stature of you becoming who you have become over the years, maybe God's looking at you this morning, and maybe today's the day that you get delivered from something that you've been carrying around with you, because now is the time. Everything is about timing. And I'll be honest with you guys, I prayed about this message, I read, I read many chapters, and God said, this is really where I think I want you to land on Sunday morning, and I don't think it's a bad thing, I'm not here to degrade, I'm here to lift you up and encourage you, because you're not being looked over, God's trying to mature us to whereby that you can have the fullest of capacity of what he's put you in this kingdom to do, and if you are ready, then God can raise you into things, because the last thing that I I want as an individual is, is that I don't want something to be given to me or that I have attained and then have to give it away because I'm not fully mature enough to handle the thing that I have received. And so therefore, I don't want to get it and then give it away. I want to get it and I want to put that where it needs to be so that I can grow on and God can give me more. There's a process. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a process. Are you loyal to dysfunction? Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Come on. How are you speaking? How are you understanding? And how are you thinking? Let me reread it real quick for you. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Uh, When I come, I often and most always do because it's just a good time for me to talk about it and Whenever I was raising those four boys, so don't get tired of me referring to them because that's my life, and I'm sorry. If you don't like it, then you're going to have to put earplugs in your ears. And uh, whenever you grow up and have them, you'll do the same, I promise. But putting away those childish things, I I realized when they were coming up that I'm not, and I forget the author of this statement, I wish I was the original one, but I'm not, and, but it was said, and I, I love using it because it's so true, and it was really something that was in my heart, I didn't really know how to verbalize it, but it was there. Have you ever been there? 
Yeah, I, I mean, a man once told me, he said, the greatest of preaching and teaching is whenever you can take what's in your heart and you can take that and you can verbalize it so other people can understand and see what is in your heart. Because ministry is not IQ to IQ. Ministry is heart to heart. And so if I can verbalize what's on my, in my heart to you, then it connects with you with a passion to whereby that it can grow. And so I realized that I was raising sons that were going to become fathers. I, weren't ra- I wasn't raising kids that were just going to grow up and be who they were going to be. I knew that ultimately I would have grandbabies and in my I going to be happy with my grandbabies because of my boys that are raising them. And so I had to come to the place that in my heart of passion that I was raising them with passion and not so much with just IQ. I love IQ. I love formal education. I, I believe in it. You got to have it. You need it. If you're going to go certain places, you just got to have it. But on the other hand, if you're going to communicate for a living, if you're not pulling it out of your heart, you're really not communicating because I can go down here to the nearest university and get head knowledge, but I can't just come into the house of God and get head knowledge. I, I need to come into the house of God and I, I need to feel your anointing. I need to feel where you've been. I, I want to know that you've been somewhere. I want to know that you come out of something and you walk through the fire, but you come out smelling like a rose. You didn't smell like smoke. You didn't come out doubting. You didn't quit in the middle of a hard time. You didn't stop when everybody doubted you. You didn't quit whenever everybody gave up on you. You kept moving. And there's something in that that makes us mature. There's a process about that maturity that says, I'm going to put away these childish things because as a child, I speak as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. And and if I act like a kid, whenever I'm going through the fire, a kid gives up, a kid quits, a kid goes home crying. A kid says, I don't, I got to, I can't, I can't do this. I got to stop because it's too hard. Somebody talked about me. Oh, 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 oh. Somebody talked about me. Well, just get ready because everybody's going to talk about you if you're going to carry the torch for Jesus because there's something about carrying what Jesus carries that people don't like and that they're going to talk, 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 talk. But the worst thing in the world is whenever the church talks about me. Let the people out in the world talk, but no, Todd, not in the house. Because whenever I got a brother talking about me, that's when it hurts the most. And that's whenever sometimes I feel like this is not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. They don't pay me enough to go through this. They they don't know when I go home how my wife cries because of the things that she's been through and the things that have been said and the this and the that's and you have to wrap your arms around each other and you have to say but honey this isn't about us this is about God this is about the anointing this is about raising up people this is about seeing God do what only God can do this is about something that the spirit of the Lord only can do through people that are surrendered by the power of brokenness There's a power of brokenness that will give you an anointing that'll make you stand whenever you're going through the fire and when everybody's talking about you, there's something that makes you stand. And I promise you, it's not a childlike faith. Oh, but if you have a childlike faith, well, that's good when you get started. Now you hear me, but after a while, a child's got to grow up. There's something that I want us to see about that childish nature that we all have. And it doesn't go away because I have memories. 
I have memories. Maybe yours are not like mine, but that's okay. But I can remember growing up in that grocery store in Beach Grove, Kentucky, and running in those aisles and grabbing candy bars. And that's why I was chubby when I was little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell this on myself. We, I don't know if I should tell this or not, Mom. We would, uh, I'd steal a pack of cigarettes. And me and my friends, we'd go out on the ditch bank and we'd smoke cigarettes. And, and one day, my, we were out there, me and Jeff Wilson and Andy Gossett and I don't know who all. We was, boy, we were just puffing away. Marlboros, you know, we were smoking them Marlboros. And, and I'll never forget my dad, 6'3", about 285 pounds. He just, one day I looked up smoking that cigarette and I looked up and there he was. He goes, what you doing, boy? And my friends, they scattered. And there I was. Oh, crap. And yes, I did get my butt wet. And then I went in the house and he said, boy, <laughs> I can't, I don't know what all he said because I was crying. But I remember those days, and those are somewhat fond memories. Even when I got in trouble, they were fond memories because we were having fun. We, we weren't doing it to hurt people. We were doing it having fun. And, and uh, I don't smoke, never smoke, other than those times. It's just not me. I, it's not something that I gravitated to, thank God. But I, I, I put those childish ways. Now, not, don't, misunderstand, don't misunderstand, I'm not all that. But I'm simply saying is, is that we all have an opportunity to go back and pick up our childhood things. And, and, but what you've got to do is you've got to be able to identify that I'm slipping back into some of my childish ways. And as soon as you start to realize I'm slipping back into some of my childish ways, that's whenever you've got to have enough of your maturity in Christ in you to say, I'm going to stand. I'm not going to go back to that because I'll start talking wrong. I'll start understanding things wrong. I will begin to think improperly because it, a, man, a man once told me this. He said, Jeff, he said, you better be careful what you lay down with because it may be really hard to get up from. So let me tell you what that means. If you're playing with some sin and you think you got it all under control and there ain't nobody found you out yet, Oh, I can lay it down any time. I can quit any time. Well, quit then. Quit. Quit today, right now in this message, in this service. Don't do it anymore. But you say, well, oh, hang on now. I still like it. You know what that is? And I like this. I love this description or this type and shadow because we get this little baby my dysfunction becomes my baby and I have to feed it and I have to take care of it I have to rock it and I have to watch it grow if I don't do something but it's hard to put down because it's become my dysfunctional baby and it's just there 
And then if I don't watch, I'll start making excuses of why I'm not willing to deal with my dysfunction. Because, you know, I have a right to feel that way because you know what she said, he said, they did. You know, I have a right not to go to church because you know what the last church did to me. You know what the last pastor did. You know what the last Sunday school teacher did. You know what the last greeter did. You know what the last thing that was said about me happened. You know what happened. You know, you know, I have a right. I'm going to ask you this morning to bury that baby. You're watching online today. I'm going to ask you right now to bury the baby and get yourself back into the house of God. Because it's time to get back to the house of God. God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but a power of what? Of love and what? And of a sound mind. Why? Because God doesn't deal in fear. I'm not here because I'm fearing going to hell. I'm here because I love God. And I love him enough to serve him. I love, enough, I love him enough to surrender to him. I love him enough to do what he's called me to do. What was appropriate in a previous season is no longer appropriate because you've grown out of that season. You can no longer live in that season. It's not appropriate for you anymore. So stop using it as a crutch. Because you've got to put away childish things. Say, I'm going to put it away. If you don't change your system, hear me, you're going to lose opportunities. Let's just put it out there. If you don't change your system, you're going to lose opportunities. You could be the next one in line at the job, but you get overlooked because you're always saying things that are inappropriate. You got a system going on on the inside of you that they can't trust you with their other employees. Are you defending something that's killing you? Are you defending something that's killing you? I have three quick points. Number one, how am I speaking? For the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. What are you eating? Nobody hears me. Yes, they do. God hears you. And not only that, but you are putting forth something that you're going to have to deal with at some point in time in your life. Somebody said amen. amen. Moving quickly. My second thing, how do I understand? And this is really a big one. How you understand determines your expected end. So if you are understanding a thing that is determining your end. See, I, I, knew, I knew parents, I, I knew men who raised their kids and they'd say things like, well, you're never going to amount to anything. You're not going to amount to nothing. You're never going to get married. You're never going to have a good job. I'm an alcoholic, you're going to be an alcoholic. I'm not making light of those type things. But they were speaking over your life and understanding that you adopted and you've got to stop that curse. That is, he wasn't cussing you. He was cursing. In other words, when I'm using words that I understand that are speaking to my end result, the end of my life, the end of my whatever, I am cursing myself by saying things, well, I'll never be able to get that job. I'll never be able to sing. I'll never be able to pastor. I'll never be able to be that whatever. I'll never be able to. I'll never be able to. I'll never be able to. You're cursing yourself because you're speaking to an end of a thing. 
And it's time to stop cursing yourself, and it's time to start believing and understanding the purpose of God in your life so that you can walk into that purpose. Somebody give me a head nod this morning. You got to walk into that purpose and God is watching. If nobody else is watching, God is watching and God will lift you up in a moment. You know, I've had disagreements with people before and think that they've said something about me or that, that they've done something that I totally disagreed with and there would be a wall come up between our relationship. And then I realized that they didn't really say what I thought they meant or what they said. And then immediately that relationship is repaired. Bam. Just bam, just that fast. Why? Because I realized that what was said, what I thought, what I, come on, what I understood to be true wasn't true at all. Is there anything in your life this morning that you understand to be true that maybe is not true at all? Well, you know those old staffers at church, you know. You know what? You got some of the best staff that I've ever been around. If I, could, if I could have the keys player, I want the keys player to come up. I'm going to try to close down. You guys got some of the best leaders. You got some of the, I know you got the best pastor. <laughs> I'm a little, you know, biased, but amen. And I know you've got the best staff. I know you've got the best. Understand that, know that. That out of the hearts of good people, even if I do say something that's all out of character, I'm going to repent. Is it time to repent? Is it time to repent? You got to clean that up. Let me move forward. Notice Proverbs 4, 7, it says, wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Notice the last part of that verse, it says, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Then Paul talks to the church at Galatia, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Notice what he says. He says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from, at all from a slave. No, 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 read that. Reason with that. He doesn't differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, he's, he's the heir. He is the master. He wears the crest ring. God, it's his. But because he is a child, then in verse 2, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Why? He's just not mature. He's just not ready. He wears the ring. He's just not ready. I'm not going to give Isaiah the keys to my car. He's just not ready. He would love it. Pop, pop, put it in gear. Put it in gear. I can see him now. He'd be playing video games, driving a car. <laughs> How many pedestrians can I hit? <laughs> right? My third and final point, very quick. How I think. How I think. How I think. You know, a lot of how we think is put in us from a young age. I realize that. But do you realize that you are a new creature in Christ? That's what the scripture says. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm new. So don't use that as an excuse to act up. Don't use it as an excuse to act badly, 
to think poorly. The first thing that you've got to do is you've got to identify how you are thinking. I want you to identify it this morning. You got to identify. You can't do anything about it unless you identify it. And then there's the second thing that I want you to do this morning. I want you to resist that bad thinking. Notice with me James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Everybody say, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. My Bible teaches me that the enemy sets back and he throws fiery darts. That's his warfare. He doesn't know. He does not know how he is affecting you because he's throwing fiery darts at your mind. How are you understanding? What are you thinking? Thinking, 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 thinking. And then he knows what he's got and whether you are listening, what comes out of your mouth. Otherwise, listen to me, he does not, he cannot read your mind. He is not God. Satan is not just the opposite of God. Satan is a created being. God is here. And then you got the devil down here somewhere that's a created being. God could sniff him, snuff him out, sniff him out. He could snuff him out in a minute, in a second, by a word. How are you speaking? How are you speaking? How am I thinking? Turn to your neighbor and say, humility cures worldliness. Humility cures worldliness. As you're standing with me this morning and as you're bowing your head and closing your eyes, because I want to ask you to make a decision this morning. I think church is about making some decisions. Everyone in the house, would you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning? Because I want to ask you a simple question. How many of you are carrying around some childish things? Nobody's looking. Just lift your hand. And there's some things we need to mature from. Come on, do it right now. It's okay. It's just us. I've been carrying around. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. You can put your hand down. But we all are in some ways, but it's identifying that I'm not going to pick it up. And so what I'm going to pray for you this morning is this. I'm not picking up those old ways anymore. Say that I am not picking up my childish ways. Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus. I pray over every individual in this room that has lifted their hand and that one that was unable to lift their hand because of whatever reason that they didn't. But they know that they're dealing with some of these things that we've talked about this morning. And God, I ask you right now to cover them with the spirit of the Holy Ghost that will allow them to be strong and to identify those areas of their life that need to be matured. And God, I thank you for that this morning in the powerful name of Jesus. God, put our destiny back in our eyes, back in our heart. God, let us today rise to the occasion. It's time to win Nashville for Jesus. It's time that the church step up and be what God, what you've called it to be. 
God, we give you all the glory this morning. And everybody in the house said in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, clap your hands and love the Lord. Thanks for tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.